0: All right, to continue, we are our last podcast plus 50 minutes. Donations, more than welcome. Buy my book at com. Thank you so much for donations I've received this month. I have plowed uh, virtually all of them into advertising. I'm advertising back on StumbleUpon and I'm also starting to advertise on uh, highly-traveled libertarian blogs. I've come up with a nice little logo and a, um, I have a sort of uh, um, slogan. I've been sort of chewing around slogans for a while. I like freedom is now. That sort of it's not theory, it's something you can practice now. Uh, I came up with one yesterday while having some din-dins with Christina, and uh, I liked it, but I think it's maybe only makes sense after you've listened for a while. It's uh, Utopia, Y O U, Topia, uh, because of course the perfect world, Utopia, is in you and is available to you, is accessible to you, and can only be created by you. So I like Utopia, I like YouTube, but Utopia, but um, we'll figure out. Where we can fit that baby in, but I quite like Freedom is Now, which uh, you can see on the main page. So, let's uh, continue on with uh, some empathy for the fairer sex, women, and this is particularly true of younger sibling uh, girls. Girls are uh, raised as uh, boy. I don't even know. I don't even know a gentle or nice way to put this. So. Might as well be uh, be frank if we 're going to be anyone uh, girls are raved uh, girls are raised uh, as a psychological equivalent of uh, of slaves. Maybe this sounds like an exaggeration to you madness never, but it's not uh, i don 't think so let me uh, let me sort of explain what it is that I mean. The hallmark of the slave is manipulation and passive aggression and uh, an appeal to ethics followed by um, apologetics. Um, The most powerful thing that anyone can do in the world, as I talk about in my book, did I mention my book on Truth, the Tyranny of Illusion? Go buy it! Do it! Do it! The most powerful thing that anyone can do is to convince someone else of the ethics of a particular form of action. That's the ultimate rudder of human behavior. And the slave is is, is um, someone who has to work in the realm of ethics, right? So there's a reason that Christianity overturned in some ways the Roman Empire. It wasn't just economics. It's that Christianity is a slave religion, as Nietzsche has talked about, as we talked about in a podcast, Ooh, I guess, many moons back, some hundreds ago. As a Master and Slave Morality podcast. Uh, Christianity is the religion of slaves, right? So the religion of slaves says, well, you are a slave, so it's moral to be a slave. Slaves are better, right? And this is the overturning of the wheel. The lowest shall become highest. The meek shall inherit the earth, but not its property rights. Or the meek shall inherit the earth while the rest of us is taken off to the stars. But this is um, a slave religion, right? So it makes slavery a virtue. Obedience becomes uh, a virtue. And it allows those who are trapped as slaves to feel superior to their slave uh, owners. The problem is, of course, that you never stop being a slave unless it hurts, right? So (laughs) this is a certain kind of motivation to human behavior, that you go to the dentist when your tooth hurts, or at least, you know, you should, you should go preventative, but you certainly will go if it hurts, even if it's not scheduled. And um, I only changed and defood and plowed that ice field alone uh, after I had not slept for a year uh, pretty much so there's a certain amount of inertia to human personality and we only change under duress and that's why redefining the bad as the good is so destructive it gives you short term relief but it um, keeps you enslaved it keeps you trapped in, uh, in the cage so if we think of a slave um, and we can uh, have reference to the popular and only semi-philosophical work, um, my big fat Greek wedding, <laughs> which I saw when I was actually engaged to Christina. <laughs> everyone in the theater was laughing, except me. And in this work, the uh, girl, uh, what's Vardalis? Her name is um, Nia Nia Vardalis. She is um, she wants to get a job in a travel agency rather than work in her father's restaurant because Greeks feed, they feel they have to feed everyone. And that's why we had to defoo from Christina's parents. just becoming like Marlon Brando in his later years. Decarb, really, more than defoo. She wants to go work in a travel agency, and so they have to convince the patriarch, right, the father. They have to convince the father to let her stop working in the restaurant and go work in a travel agent, which is what she wants to do. And so they manipulate him, and the scene, of course, is... You know, it's, a good, it's a good movie. It's a funny movie, right? So you should go and you see it if you haven't. But watch the scene, right? This is, this is the women um, making the man believe that it's his idea that she should go and work in the travel agency, right? And so the joke, of course, is that they say, well, yes. Uh, the, the man says, the man is the head of the household. And, and the women say, yes. And the, and the women are the neck and can turn the head any way they want to, right? And so uh, but this of course is a situation of powerlessness. This is a situation of powerlessness. Right? We manipulate when when we're not being listened to and we have no power. When the only way that we can get what we want is through subdiffusion, misdirection, prevarication, and guilt or, you know, manipulations of various of various kinds. Now, another thing that is constantly the case with uh, slave situations is that slaves uh, constantly um, oppose judgments uh, in, in the master, right? particularly uh, angry judgments, right? Because when the master is angry, the slaves get punished, right? So one of the things that the slaves have to do to, to survive flourish in in as best as they can in that situation is they have to make sure that the um, the 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 master never gets never gets angry or you know if he gets angry he vents it in some sort of semi safe manner or whatever right but there 's this constant monitoring of the master 's moods right and and heading off trouble and 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 so on and well, Christine and I were talking about this the the other day, right? So it's been a it's been a roller coaster selling this book. I mean, it's been good days and bad days and so on, right? And, and of course, this is something I desperately want to get out into the world, and I know all of the good that it can do, and uh, I know the number of people who listen to this podcast, and I know the number of people who could buy it, and of course, I know the number of people who would benefit from it. So it, it's a roller coaster, right? So, um, so when when I sort of have a down day or two, and the book's not selling that much, and so on then Christina will sort of try to cheer me up. And I've also sort of noticed that when I get really exuberant, Christina will try to rein me back in a little bit, right? So this is um, a leftover from being raised as a slave, as, you know, almost all women are, right? And so it's it's the opposition to to the moods, right? Because any sort of, let's just say, for want of a better phrase, extremes, Every any extremes in mood in the case of the master is dangerous to the slave, right? Because if the master is unhappy, he's going to take it out on the slave, right? If the master gets exuberant, then the master is going to be less happy relative to that exuberance in the future, which is the same as being in a bad mood, right? So if you're really euphoric, and then when you come down you feel disappointed, you want that you want that balloon ride to last forever and when you come back to earth it feels like you've been sabotaged, you're going to get angry. Again, I'm sort of talking more immature personalities, but there is right, the, the the constant desire of the slave is to keep the master on an even keel to oppose any strong emotions right on the in the form of the master. And to monitor the master's moods, to head off trouble before it becomes, to manipulate, to wheedle, uh, to joke, to, song, to sing, to dance, to, to dream of a better life, to, to reframe slavery as morality and so on, right? And this slave morality is so common in women that it absolutely, completely and totally breaks my heart The women are raised as slaves. And uh, if they appear to be sort of, yo, uh, cool and, and, and hip and this and that, well, that's just because they're slaves to their looks or to their sexual popularity or whatever. right? But they're just raised as slaves. They have to oppose everybody's emotions. You can't feel too much of this. You can't feel too much of that. The only morality is, is this uh, don't ruffle, right? Don't, don't confront, don't... Because right? a slave can't confront anyone. A slave can't confront the master because they're powerless. And look, lots of men are raised as slaves too, don't get me wrong. I'm right? just talking about the women at the moment. There's this question, like why, why are women not so much into libertarianism? Well, it's confrontational. It's hugely confrontational. As a philosophy, particularly this aspect of it. So in the last podcast, I was this woman brought up the story, as I mentioned, of this, uh, this uh, interaction she had with this sadistic kid when she was in grade five, and uh, I'm sure she was mm, perhaps shocked and startled when she saw that I had brought her father into it. But uh, of course, she knew that was going to happen. I mean, when don't I bring it down to the personal? to the verifiable to the actionable right there's a reason that she brought up something that happened when she was 10 rather than something that she had because you can't go back and verify that right that's just a nice little nugget you can keep in the past a little picture you can frame called forgiveness is power now uh, so of course I was going to bring something that was actionable and testable into it right something more personal something more vivid something more real Naturally, right? I don't know if she brought this in because she wanted to deal with her father more directly or because she wanted out of the conversation. It's definitely one of the two because it's not going to end up anywhere in between. Right? When people, I mean, people don't know. I mean, maybe they do know. At this point, they absolutely know in this conversation. I'm not going to let these things go. Of course, I don't care too much for people. Right? If they put forward things that are just not true, I care for them. I'm not going to pretend that, that it's true, right? doesn't mean what I'm saying is true, but <laughs> I think it have got some good reasons behind it. But the methodology is is, is clear, is key, right? So, the other other thing about forgiveness, right? So, uh, slaves have to make forgiveness a virtue. Why? Why? Because they they have no choice but to do anything except forgive. All a slave can do is forgive. Why? Because a slave can't retaliate. A slave is not free. A A slave cannot escape. Right? If you wrong a slave... Of course the slave has to turn the other cheek. Can't retaliate. Can't flee. Right? So, so, of course, the slave is going to try to turn forgiveness into a virtue. Right? Of course, the slave is going to try to turn non-retaliation into a virtue. Why? Because the slave can't retaliate. Right? A slave has to swallow all insults. And if a slave is struck, he must slink away, beaten. And so what, what is the slave going to do? Well, he's either going to fight his slavery and go Spartacus on his slave's ass, or he's going to redefine all of the subjugation and insults and battering and, and humiliation and contempt that he experiences or she experiences and turn it into virtue in the former, he might get killed, metaphorically. In the latter, metaphorically, he's already dead and buried. If you decide to fight being a slave, it's scary. It's scary. It's a redefinition of what it is to be human. It's a redefinition of virtue. But I don't want women to be slaves. I don't want women because women are slaves, we're all slaves the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world if women are slaves we're all slaves if women make slavery a virtue the effects of slavery a virtue turning the other cheek, endless forgiveness taking the high road, never fighting back never fighting for yourself, always abandoning the field always slinking away if women make the actions the inevitable results of slavery virtue, then we shall never be free we shall never be free. Because a slave must always oppose instinctual behavior. Right? So the instinctual behavior of a master is brutality. Right? That's why we can't have slaves and masters. Free world. We've all heard of Milgram's experiment. Right? He divided two, college, two sets of college students up, made one of them prisoners, and made one of them, quote, guards. experiment was supposed to last a couple of weeks. He had to stop it after two days because incredible sadism and brutality had broken out give people power over someone and they abuse it I would, you would it would be inevitable you can fight it but but you won't last maybe we wouldn't maybe with enough philosophy I don't think I would anymore but when I was younger it would have certainly been more likely So uh, this particularly female fantasy, and I would certainly put the emasculated Eastern philosophy of Zen in this category, it's not so much a female philosophy as it is a really gay philosophy, and that's a really technical interpretation, I know. We can talk about that perhaps another time. But um, this fantasy that uh, love and better behavior will change the world is a slave. uh, a slave's philosophy. Well, you don't change the world through confrontation, through direct action, through standing up for your beliefs, through fighting bad people and bad ideas, with strength and uh, not rudeness necessarily, but with uh, certainty, with intransigence. Slaves can't do that, right? Slaves have no power. So slaves dream that they, if they pray and think good thoughts and love uh, those who... Right, In the Stockholm Syndrome, love those who abuse them or whatever, that this will change the world, and it won't. It won't. If you're sitting in a room, uh, you're an engineer, a female engineer, let's say, and there's a debate about how to build a skyscraper, and some (laughs) nut job engineers are saying, well, the central tunnel, the central support should be made out of balsa wood, and maybe, maybe, just maybe some papier-mâché. Well, you have to fight for that. You have to fight them, because they're wrong. It's going to fall down and kill people. And you have to fight them. And the way that you fight to save the lives of the people who will be killed if the building is made out of balsa wood or papier-mâché or polystyrene or packing foam or whatever, the way that you fight that is with logic, intransigently, and so on. You don't sort of slink back to your office and then think good thoughts and take the high road right and in a sense also you don't just quit the company because if you quit the company they're going to build the building out of papier-mâché and people are still going to get killed or the very least enormous resources are going to be wasted right so you stand for the building right you stand for the salvation of those who would be involved in building it or living in? And you go to the board, and you go to the papers, and you go to the stockholders, and you go wherever. To the DRO Building Review Society with the plans and saying, this: you can't allow this to happen. Yeah, you can quit. You can do all these things. But the building is still going to get built badly if you do that. So if you're a slave building this papier-mâché building... Then sure, no one's gonna listen to you. And then you can think that your good thoughts are gonna change things or you don't reason about these kinds of things or you know, however it is that you're going to whatever approach it is you're gonna take, you take that approach. But all of that approach is simply scar tissue over the basic fact that you can't do a damn thing to change the situation. Right. It's pretty important. Because if you can't do a damn thing to change the situation, any philosophy, sort of quote philosophy, ooh, snake, maybe I'll go back to the main road, (laughs) big snake, Um, all of the philosophy that you come up with is just nonsense, right? Because the fundamental thing is that you're powerless, right? So if you're a slave building the pyramids and you have no capacity to influence how they're built in any way, shape, or form, coming up with engineering is just an idle and futile and wasteful mental exercise. I can understand that you'll need to come up if you're a slave with the virtue of being a slave so that you can live with being a slave, although I would prefer that you fight. <laughs> but it's not philosophy. It's just it's excuses, right? And fundamentally, they're excuses for the slave owners, right? It's forgiveness for the slave owners. And this, of course, is the family, right? For those who are following the metaphor <laughs> at uh, a 1.01 level below the surface. Right, So we make a virtue out of slavery so that we can forgive the slave owners and avoid the humiliation that comes from merely being brutalized for the sadistic satisfaction of others. We want to avoid that feeling for sure because that feeling really hurts and that feeling will propel you to fight. And women can fight. Women can fight, my God. Women are towers of strength. Right? They just have to stop making you all have to stop making up excuses for how you were raised as slaves. Right, to be there to serve the needs of others. And it's not not what you're built for. You guys are built to be towers of strength and the very woman source of the world's healing. But you don't you can't achieve that by pretending that monitoring and opposing the moods of others creating imaginary planets of forgiveness to live in and abandoning this world to the abusers by treating people who treat you well exactly the same as those who treat you badly and claiming that that is justice and virtue. Never! No! Don't you feel the power in your very gender to save the world, to change the world, to raise an incredible generation of incredibly strong, noble, and beautiful children. All you have to do is feel the agony of slavery, and uh, stop imagining that obedience is goodness. Thank you so much. I look forward to your donations. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.